Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belial. Trap, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for every Everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music, nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean lab. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey, everyone. Happy Tuesday July 11th, 2023. My name is Jim. I am your host as always here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have kind of a different episode today for you. Um, We don't have a musician. We don't have somebody that has produced records or played on records. Um, We have a very talented actor, um, film producer, movie producer, um, you know, Somebody that is in that realm of entertainment. Um, you have seen him on TV in Paramount Plus's 1883 as Enos. Um, I probably said that wrong. And I'm always I'm always infamous for thinking I have the name right, but not but I'm pretty confident that it's Enos um on 1883. Um which is now currently being shown on Paramount Network, from what I gather. Um, for those of you that haven't seen it already, go out and see 1883. It is absolutely freaking fantastic. Uh, if you like Yellowstone, you will love this. Um, it's got some great, great heavy hitter actors. Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, um, Tom Hanks makes a cameo. Um, God, who else is in that? Sam Elliott. Um, you can't, You can't go wrong with this cast. Um, and Eric Nelson 
was absolutely fantastic in it. Uh, I'm not going to give much away, but we talk about it in the episode on, on, you know, his character and all that. But so I got to thank Eric again for, for being on and taking the time um, in between doing what he's doing right now. Um, it's greatly, greatly appreciated. We did, um, you know, we talked about Yellowstone. We talk about 1883 because I mean, that's the elephant in the room. Right. Um, and that's for our audience, pretty much what everybody would know him from. Um, and we talk, we talk bourbon, we talk, you know, we talk everything that we talk here at the Boots and Whiskey podcast. Um, for those of you that are tuning in for the first time ever, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, you know, this isn't your typical podcast. This isn't your typical interview show. Um, it is no holds bar. We just, you know, Eric and I sat down and shot the shit. It was awesome. We had a great time. Um, I can't thank him enough really for, for taking the time, you know, with, with his, you know, stardom and his, you know, busyness, you know, it's, it's not lost on me, him taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. Um, but we had fun and I hope you enjoy our conversation together. Um, also for those of you that, that are new here, um, what we also do is, you know, if we see a show, um, we do a little review. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about the show we saw this weekend, which was Thomas Rhett, um, Nate Smith and Cole Swindell. We will talk about that and give you our two cents about it at the end of this episode here. Um, I don't want to take too much time away from the beginning of this episode. Please stay tuned after the conversation to hear that, um, and what we have come in next week. So if you haven't already, please go check us out on all of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, threads, threads. I think I, I think this is the first episode I can talk about threads, um, since it came out because I keep, think it came out like last Tuesday, right? Something like that. Um, and we, you know, we've been having a good time with that. You know, we've, <laughs> you know, we put out a lot of stupid shit, but it's, it's fun. We have a good time. So go check us out there, you know, follow us along, We, you know, like subscribe, comment rate these episodes you know it it means the world to us it helps us know that we're either doing something good or doing something you don't like and you know we can we can pivot from there so thank you again i i thank you guys in every episode you know probably to an annoying level but you know we're on jesus what episode 149 now and you know we're episode two of season seven so i think you know, it's, it's unbelievable where we come from and where we're going. So again, sit back, relax, pour yourself a bourbon, kick your feet up. I mean, unless you're driving, you know, it is Tuesday. You might be going to work. If that's the case, just, you know, turn it up loud. So without further ado, everyone, our conversation with the very, very talented and very wonderful Eric Nelson. We want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts at 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. They have the best food, the best music around. You will not go wrong. Go to their website, offtherailsworcester.com. You can see their lineup of shows. You can see their menu. You can see the local talent they have. Absolute fantastic people. We love being a part of the Off the Rails family, and we love having them being part of our family. Thank you so much to Off the Rails. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Hey, Eric. Hey, how's it going? I'm going. How are you? It is going well. Let me uh, I'm gonna put on my little uh. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you great, man. Okay, cool. Then maybe I'll just leave it like it is. So I gotta say, thanks for being on. 
Absolutely, man. No problem. Happy to be here. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny the way I don't know about, but um, I was talking to your PR team actually about something to- <laughs> totally different. And they were like, hey, would you ever have, you know, is there any interest in having Eric on the show? And, I, you know, at first I was like, why does this name sound familiar? And then, like, I did a quick Google search and I was like, oh, there's no in my mind Eric should be on this show. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Happy to be here. I'm glad it worked out. So you you were reaching out to them about something else unrelated to me? Yeah, like totally unrelated to you. Like nice. totally, you know, totally something different. And what I was looking for, they 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 didn't have. And they were like, but you know what? We might have the next best thing. And it, you know, with you and your stuff on Yellowstone or 1883, they were like, this might be like a better option and i was like yes yes it will absolutely <laughs> so well, you know i'm happy it worked out yeah me too so like i said to you via email you know this is about you i want you to kind of tell your story a little bit how you've become who you are and and all that and i'm gonna i'll jump in and dig into some questions as as the conversation pertains okay cool well that sounds good that easy enough yeah i mean i try to make it as simple and <laughs> not stressful as possible. Love it. So man. yeah, whenever you want to start your story, by all means. All right. Well, uh, first of all, hey guys, Eric Nelson here. Um, currently on uh, TV show eighteen eighty three, which is premiering on Paramount Network on Father's Day, uh, June eighteenth. We're very excited about that. Um, but. You know, it, it's funny because this this podcast is called Boots and Whiskey, and these are two things that are very, very close to my life right now. Uh, <laughs> so it kind of made complete sense for me to be here today, and uh, happy to happy to be doing it because I know a thing or two about boots, and you know, these days I do know a thing or two about whiskey. So I'm excited to dive into both of those. Yeah, um, yeah. but you know, I, I, I'm an actor. I'm a producer. And um, I actually, uh, I'm from South Florida. I'm from West Palm Beach, from two parents that had absolutely nothing to do with the entertainment industry. So uh, a little crazy that I am doing what I'm doing. Um, cause it's not like I, you know, had the influence or, or even had the, um, you know, nobody in my family was in the arts. But somehow my brother, my cousins, and I were all in it. Um, but it's kind of a funny story because both my parents, uh, you know, were horse people. My my dad trained thoroughbred polo horses and he played polo back in the day. And my grandfather trained reining horses and my mom showed dressage, the whole thing. And uh, all of us kids, we grew up with horses, but none of us kids had the passion for them like our parents did. And, uh, you know, I felt now looking back on it, I felt bad for my parents because, you know, that was their life. And of course, all of us kids did other stuff, <laughs> you know, which is funny. And I'll come back to this, but it's it's become full circle once I started 1883 and I re-fell in love with the world and the Western culture and horses all kind of through my own lens. And it's interesting that it took it took this show and it took me figuring it out for myself to really appreciate the animals and fall completely in love. And now you won't catch me with a spare minute, not on a horse, if I can. Like that's just right. my happy place now. So, you know, I did uh, apologize to both parents uh, <laughs> for not being into it when I was younger, but completely being in love with it now. But I guess that's just how life goes sometimes. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, look, I'm going to interrupt you here real quick. Now, how does get into that world when you're from, you know, South Florida? You know, because, like, you know, from people outside of 
you know, that realm. You don't, I don't know. I don't know if you would necessarily think South Florida and the world of horses and polo and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, you'd actually be surprised. So Wellington, Florida, which was about 30 minutes from where I grew up in uh, West Palm Beach, uh, maybe 40, 45 minutes, is one of the polo capitals of the nation, believe it or not. No kidding. Yeah. So there actually is a lot of polo down there. Um, but before Florida, both my parents are from Duluth, Minnesota, which, of course, horse, horse culture and polo was really big up there. And right. um, that that kind of brought my dad down to Florida. And uh, he played a lot over in Wellington. So, yeah, it's it's pretty fascinating. But there's a there's a big horse culture and uh, especially polo over there, even though it is kind of this not dying sport in the United States, but it, it definitely doesn't have the traction like it does other places in the world. Um, but that is a major hub for it. So believe it or not. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is really, it's really cool down there and a lot of money over in Wellington, Florida. So those, you know, there's some beautiful ranches and it's a beautiful part of the, of, of Florida and of the States. If you ever, if you ever through that area, definitely check it out. It's beautiful. So you were saying about, you know, how they was, those two worlds kind of came full circle. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, so to kind of rewind for a second, living in Florida, grew up with horses, wasn't really that into the horses growing up, found myself uh, in falling into um, these acting classes at this dance studio uh, that I was taking at and uh, fell in love with with performing. And ultimately that brought me up to New York. And so I moved to Manhattan from Florida at the age of 13 and started working um, in theater and television at 13, which was kind of wild. Wow. Um, yeah. My younger brother actually got scouted in Florida and he got uh, <laughs> they were casting Chip in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. And I think my brother was six at the time, five or six. And uh, they flew him up there and he ended up getting the job. And so we we all moved together up to New York and um we were only supposed to go for a few months to let him do Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. And we both just started booking jobs right away and never left. It was just this unexpected change and twist in our lives that, you know, turned into the best decision ever. Um, wow. Yeah. So I did middle school in Manhattan, high school in Manhattan. I went to a professional performing arts school there, which is, um, you know, the movie Fame is kind of based off of that school. Sure, uh, yeah. it, it's very much what you see in the movie. We had our acting classes, singing classes, dance classes, all within um, our, our school curriculum throughout middle school and high school. Um, so it, it trained a lot of stars and, you know, everybody from Britney Spears to Alicia Keys, that they all went to this school. And so it really trained me and um, got me in the mindset and surrounded me with other kids that were professionals in the industry so it was really really cool and coming from south florida where you know it, it's just it seems like so far-fetched it was just this explosion of like i can't believe that i'm here and uh you know how is this my life right now but it just kept going and unfolding and you know i was on broadway by the time i was 16 and you know working on television shows and commercials and you name it. And it's just kind of been, you know, at one point I was like, oh, this isn't just something fun. I do like this could actually be my career and profession and I'll get paid for this. And this is how my life will work. You know, that there was that moment throughout kind of my upbringing, 
being a child actor, it was like, you have that moment where you're like, oh wait, this isn't just a passion thing. This is this is an actual career and this is what people choose to do for their lives. And so I've, I've finally, you know, made that official decision that I'm going for this uh, all the way. And um, it's been, it's been really great. I'm glad, I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I got an early start for sure. Yeah. Now, when you guys moved to New York, did, you know, do your parents kind of put the whole, you know, horse thing, polo thing on the back burner? Did they stop doing that all together? Were they just kind of making sure you and your brother um, weren't taken advantage of, you know, in this industry? Because you hear it all the time, right? And, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, it, 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 we were in a we were in a unique situation because my parents were uh, divorced. And so my mom was basically like, hey, there, there's, there's nothing kind of holding me back right now. If you guys want to follow your dreams, I'm going to 100% support you. And the day that it's not fun for you or the day that it's too much stress or the day that, you know, however you might be feeling, I'm going to encourage and support that. So it was never this pressure of like, you know, some parents, you see these stage moms and it's like, they put all this pressure on their kids to, to perform and to succeed and to, you know, do this thing that some of the kids don't really want to do. And that kind of messes them up. Right. Um, but ours was just, you know, so much support and love from our mom. And she was able to uproot, you know, and and leave her business behind and you know after the first six months of of his contract on beauty and the beast and we realized we wanted to renew and we were we were going to commit to this she sold off the horses she sold off the ranch she you know she really put her life behind to allow us sons the dream life that we wanted which you know it's just a testament to her and you know where her heart is and you know it was just it was such a blessing for us and and um you know, it, it paid off. So I'm just, I'm so grateful for her to that. And now that I'm a dad, I've got a three-year-old daughter and a one-year-old son. Uh, you know, that's, that's always in my head of, 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 you know, what it meant to me to have a mother that could support me no matter what and did. And so I constantly tell myself that that's exactly the way I want a father, exactly the way I want a parent. Um, so it, uh, you know, harvesting your kids' dreams and, and, you know, kind of supporting them um, throughout that is just, you know, it's so pivotal and, you know, it's, it's monumental in a child's life. And, you know, it's definitely distilled that in me. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to implement that as, as they get older. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Now, so with mom, you know, ha, you know, kind of being at the helm of this, did she take over as, you know, I, I know it sounds cliche, but as like you and your brothers, like momager, if you will, or, you know, did she did she or you guys have the the um i guess the for, foresight to say you know what we need some sort of team behind us because this is going a lot faster than we expected yeah you know it's funny because she was as clueless about the industry as we were like we were literally all trying to figure it out together um and <clears throat> you know she she had she had a, a good group of uh, moms who also had, you know, child actors and child stars uh, in their family. And so she would, you know, constantly talk to these moms who have been doing it longer than, than she's been doing and taking notes and the whole thing. And luckily for us, we got an amazing agent in New York that um, really, really took care of us and um, guided us uh, very, very well. Her name was Nancy Carson. She was kind of the, um, 
the the agent to the to the child stars back in New York. She still is actually Carson Adler's her agency, and she had all the Broadway star children, you name it, from Annie to Oliver to you know all the big role Broadway uh, kid roles you can think of. She had the all the kids in the shows, so we were very fortunate to get linked with her. And uh, she took us under her wing, not just as an agent, but, um, you know, kind of as a, a, a mama bear as well and, and held my mom through the industry and, and taught her everything she learned. And um, so it was kind of just one step at a time. But at the, end of, at the end of the day, it was always, you know, the family first, which is so important. Um, it was it was, you know, if we're all OK with this, let's move forward with it. If one of us isn't feeling something or, you know, questioning something, we, we all kind of, you know, as a group would uh, would tackle it together. And so, you know, there was never any um, no no being blindsided. And, you know, you hear these things in the entertainment industry of, you know, so many so many things could happen because it's, it's children working with adults. And so it makes you grow up very quickly. Mm. You've grown into a professional career and life very quickly and it's when you're a kid it's all it's all just seems fun and you know they're telling you do this so you do it and you know it's just it, it it just seems like this really fun you know thing that i do instead of go to you know camp for the summer like all my friends back in florida were doing i was going to the stage door of my broadway play and performing and you yeah. know so it's just this different thing but it's it's very important that you know to, to have your parents involved and you know really there every step of the way because um it is still you know an entertainment industry that is for adults you know theoretically it's yeah. uh, that's what it's tailored for so um she was just really good about keeping us all together and and you know we always made decisions together and supported each other and um, that that's kind of how it always was from beginning till end to this day, honestly. Um, so it's, it's, it's been really cool, really, really cool. And I, I met my wife because of it. She was an actress. Uh, we met in New York city and we are about to celebrate our 10 year wedding anniversary this year, which is congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's so wild to think about. Cause it just, it like flew, you know, time's just yeah. flying by. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause this, this year will be the 10th year that I've, met my wife we've only been married now five but we met 10 years ago and we talk about it all the time and it's like damn like is this has it really been a decade that we've known each other and like like it feels like it's it it feels some days it feels longer right exactly, <laughs> exactly. Other, other days it's like damn i just just met you it's it's wild yep yeah it really is it really is the the weird day is going to be when it's finally, oh, wow, we've known each other and been together more years than we ever were apart. You know, when, when kind of that that shift happens, like for me, I, you know, I don't know what age you met your wife, but, you know, say you met, him at, met her at 25. Well, after you've been together 25 years and now you're in your 26, you're like, wow, we've literally known yeah. and been together longer than I've I've been alive. And that's that that's going to be a wild day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 36. So I met her when I was 26. I think I met, yeah, I met her in, oh shit, 2013, right? That's 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was, um, yeah, but you're right. It's, it's wild how quickly the time goes, especially once you have kids, you know? It's, oh my gosh. That just yeah. takes to a whole nother stratosphere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we, uh, we're in a issue where she has, a 13 year old, I have a seven year old and then we have a three year old together. And like, we, 
we talk about it all the time. It's like, how is he three? How is he going to be four? Like, what is like, what is going on? I know, I know. It's like, wow, there's that. That's not a baby anymore. That's like, because right. we're 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 saying the exact same things. Our daughter's three years old, and so we're like, wait, she's four in a few months. Like, that's that seems like a, a kid. It doesn't seem like a baby, right? Right. You know, I I say to my my youngest all the time, like, come on, you're just a baby. He's like, I'm not a baby. I'm a big boy, daddy. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, and it's, it, but he's, you know, kind of right. It's like, damn, you're not a baby. You can you can get your own uncrustable from the box yourself. I don't even have to help you. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. The other day, I, I you know, um, it's crazy, the intuition and, you know, what, what the kids pick up on. Like, they just feel it all. And my daughter, who's three. I'm having a day and a lot going on and she just, she stops me and she kind of, you know, pulls me down to her level and puts her hands on my shoulders, looks me in the eyes and says, dad, daddy, you just need to take a breath. (laughs) It's like, you know what? I'm taking advice from my three-year-old, but you're absolutely right. And you felt that and I do need to take a breath. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, speaking of kids and you had kind of touched upon it, um, you know, seeing your own kids, or you know, now, do you, and you think about your childhood, you know, kind of really growing up in the, in the entertainment world, do you feel like there, you missed things? Obviously, you weren't three, right? But, like, do you? Hey, everyone, don't forget about our other partner, the DCU Center, dcucenter.com. Go there for all of their things that are coming. They have concerts. They have hockey. They have indoor football. They have everything you would want for entertainment right here in central Massachusetts. Whether you're local or not, come and check them out. DCU Center, 50 Foster Street in Worcester. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. Think back and like, damn, I missed this doing this because of the situation. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, most child actors who who continue on in their career don't go to college because they're already doing what they want to be doing. So if they went to school, they'd basically be taking time off just to go back to to what they wanted to be doing anyway. Um, so I did I did get a degree, a college degree, but I did it all online uh, throughout working. Um, but you know that that college experience. I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't get to do, you know, the fraternity parties and the, and the football games and the whole thing. Um, and, uh, I, a lot of my friends did, so I kind of vicariously got to do that. Um, but I, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big experience in, in a lot of, um, you know, people's lives that, that they talk about and remember forever. And, you know, so that's, you know, things like that and, um, you know, missing prom or homecoming and, um, uh, you know, all the, it's funny because in my industry, they, they say, you know, if you book a trip or, or something is coming up in your life that that, you know, you've been scheduled and, and had on the calendar for a long time. Um, it's a curse because you will always book a job when you're supposed to be doing something else. And it happens every time. Like we finally book a family vacation. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I just got a job. I got to go film a movie in Montana now. So I'm not gonna be able to go like that's just, you know, the nature of the business. And unfortunately for us actors, we're at the mercy of. Of, of somebody else calling us right. for the job, right. right? So we don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen. Um, and we don't know what it's going to be for. So it, it, it's definitely a roller coaster. Uh, and it's something we just, you know, each day learn how to, how to deal with. Um, so yeah, there were, there were definitely a lot of things that, you know, throughout school, especially that I missed out on because of working. But the flip side is I'm only working because I want it to be and it's, it's, it's what I love more than anything else. 
and before I had children and a wife, of course, but like it was where my heart was. So I didn't think twice about it. I yeah. really didn't care. I'm like, awesome. You know, they're partying it up at college. I'm on a TV set working with my favorite actors in the world. And I've never been so happy. So it's just this joy that I got that I'm sure they, you know, got uh, from whatever they were doing, whether it was, you know, college or you know, whatever I was missing yeah. out on. I was getting so much joy from doing what I truly loved and my passion, where my passion was, that I didn't even think twice about it, truly. Yeah. Um, now, I was just going to say, while you're, you know, while you're doing this and, and living this dream on, you know, you know, on stage and then jumping to, you know, the small screen and the big screen, like what, how, how does that transpire? Like what makes you decide, you know what, I'm going to take this, I'm going to go for this audition for this show, or I'm going to go on this audition for this movie. Is it something that, you know, you instinctively say, okay, like this is the next step or does somebody come to you and say, Hey, Eric, let's read for this role and see what happens. Yeah, so that's that's basically the job of our agents and managers. They're the ones that are out there looking at the different projects, the different scripts and roles um, that they, you know, think would be right for us at this moment in our career. And, um, you know, that's what we pay them to do. They're um, the only they don't make money off of you unless you're booking work. It's not like we put them on a retainer and they just are constantly trying to do stuff for us. The only time they get paid is when we get paid. So, oh, okay. which is interesting. So, you know, their, their, their job is 90% of it is doing all this work behind the scenes, sifting through scripts, sifting through auditions, you know, what's coming out, you know, what's slated next on Netflix that, that you might be right for whatever they do all of that backend stuff in hopes that there will be a role that is right for you and that you end up getting the job. A lot of the times they're sending us out for these meetings and, you know, uh, auditions and such. And most of the time you're not getting the job um, because that's just the nature of the business. And um, so it's a lot of work for an agent and a manager. Um, but the flip side is, you know, you get on a couple successful shows like right now, for instance, with 1883, there's so much traction behind it and there's so much press and, you know, the viewership behind the whole Yellowstone universe has just been like nothing I've ever experienced before. And so, you know, those are moments when all of the hard work is really worth it and, and things just start pouring in as opposed to us having to go and look for it. Right. Which, which is really nice. You know, my manager and agents are getting scripts, you know, all the time for different projects that that people are wanting me to attach myself to. And so now instead of us, you know, having to go out there and say what's out there for, uh, you know, for the time being anyway, we, we sit back and things are coming to us. So it's a nice, you know, it's a nice feeling. And and you get that throughout your career. You know, um, you finish a show and there's a lot of heat, but then it slows down. That's just how right. it goes. And then you got to just wait for the next big one. And then it starts up again. So it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, you can never get comfortable. Let's just put it that way because uh, you're, you're, you're only as good as your, your last gig. And we all know no show lasts forever. So yeah, you, you go right back to the drawing board. Yeah. No, I'm going to, if you don't mind, I, I, I think I'd be remiss based on the kind of show we are, this kind of podcast we are, is not to kind of dig deep into the 1883 stuff here a yeah. little bit. Um, yeah, I might get nitty gritty with you, so just kind of kind of bear with me, right? Um, you know, for a show like this and the universe that, you know, like you touched upon, that it is, um, 
and now now that you know for people that had paramount plus you know have already come and seen it you know a year later and now that it's going to be on paramount network now with the monster that it is do you ever have a moment you know and because we're going to get to the bucking bourbon thing too don't worry we're going to get there (laughs) (laughs) um Does it ever worry you that you've now become, I don't want to say pigeonholed, but like that persona, you know, people are going to relate to you in that way rather than something else you've done in the past? Uh, Honestly, if it was any other genre and, and, you know, no, to answer your question, I'm not worried about it because to shoot a Western you are it's unlike any experience you'll get uh shooting anything else 99 percent of the stuff actors work on you're in some big studio in hollywood pretending like you're somebody somewhere else yeah. right you're in the back of universal studios uh but inside the studios they've built this set that makes it seem like you're in new york city because that's where the show takes place it's all an illusion right it's all fake. Right. when you're shooting a western the number one character in the series is the landscape and it's yeah. the location. It's, it's, it's the outdoors. It's where you are. Um, and that is so refreshing as an actor and you're working not only out in nature and outside, but with animals and you're on horseback and, you know, it's just this experience and this feeling you get that you will never get uh, working on anything else. And so for me, if I did Westerns for the rest of my career, I would be happy as can be. Uh, nice. I, I get why John Wayne and these guys back in the day when when Westerns were it, um, that's all they did because it is so fulfilling and so much fun. Um, so that's fine by me. Uh, and I also know that that won't be the case because there is – there's so much content out there now. There's so many different platforms to stream television on and, and, and networks, and there's so much out there. And so if I wanted, you know, to be pigeonholed in the Western world and just do that, that would be probably easy for me to do. But because there's so much opportunity out there, there are so many roles I can attach myself to, to get out of the box to get out of the the Western uh, world. And I've been doing that too. I just finished uh, playing a, you know, a rock and roll star. I got to learn guitar, electric guitar, and I sing four songs in the movie. Um, so that was completely out of the box from what people have been seeing me in, in 1883. Um, so no, I'm not, I'm not worried about it because if it did happen, I'd be very happy still. Cause it's just so much fun. I mean, right. just on horseback for six months and there just ha- happens to be cameras following you as you tell a story. Uh, it's great. It really is. It's a dream. Now, what do you think, you know, based on the hype and the success and all that, even before, you know, 1883 comes to life and, you know, the the buzz with Yellowstone leading up to it. You know, what do you think it is? What do you think it says about us as a culture right now that, you know, that style, you know, whether it's Yellowstone, 1883, 1920, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the current Sheridan production is that's mm-hmm. taking over. Why do you think it is those Western that, you know, sim- I don't want to say simple life, but that you know, that Montana, that old West, that, you know, 
that kind of picturesque kind of thing is so attractive to us right now because it's it's everywhere. It's pop culture, really. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's fascinating. Uh, and you're right. It really, Taylor Sheridan sparked this whole new wave of, um, you know, Western fan base and, and people just craving this content. And, you know, I just think it strips it down. It strips down our culture. It strips down what we know. And, it, you know, it's Americana. It brings us right back to, to how we started. And that's, you know, that's refreshing. There's so much craziness happening in the world right now and you know to just get to escape uh the intensity and and everything else and the social media and, and all of it and just focus on you know a pretty simple story that that centers around one of the most beautiful landscapes in in the world and uh focuses on the land and about you know the roots of of how this country um you know grew and and how it became what it is um it's just i don't know it just it ropes you in i it's just it's the right time and i just think there's too much other stuff happening so it just you know it just simplifies it all and does it yeah. through uh you know such a such a beautiful lens and especially 1883 because you know this is a this is a a point in american history that that shines light on you know <laughs> the biggest badasses in the world. I mean, these, these early American settlers, the pioneers that traveled across America with nothing, but a couple wagons and some horses uh, to seek better life. And ultimately it's, 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 they're seeking, it's the American dream, you know, they're, they're yeah. going to, to, to make a better life for themselves and, you know, to see what they went through and, you know, just so we could have what we have today, you know, it all spawned from these, from these people and it weeded out a lot of the weak, and the ones, <laughs> the ones that survived were strong as shit and just yeah. fought through everything. And that strengthened gene pools that, you know, it, it's just it's amazing what, what you know, it was it was much more than just a, a trip across the country to, to, you know, find new land and opportunity. It's you know, it goes way beyond that. Um, and it's beautiful to see. And, you know, it's an homage to them. And um, it, it just. It, at least for me, and I know a lot of the people I've talked to have watched the show, it just gives you so much more appreciation for what we do have today. And uh, for those people back then and our ancestors that that made those, you know, treacherous, treacherous journeys. Um, yeah, it just it hits the notes. And it's tough to watch because, you know, Taylor Sheridan's his other gift is he's all about authenticity. He does not, his whole thing is he is not going to Hollywoodify this project by any means. He's not going to throw the glitz and glamour on what this journey was like. He's going to show it, and he does exactly how it happened. So you are bawling your eyes out. You are sweating. You're laughing a second later. You're, you know, there's yeah. so many emotions happening. Um, but it's just a testament to to him, you know, really keeping it as authentic as possible. And that's how we felt shooting it and uh, really feel that that's what translates onto the screen. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because, you know, we might talk about some spoilers for those of you that have lived under a rock for the last year that are listening to this. Uh, and if you're a big Yellowstone fan, you've already seen 1883 some way anyway. But, you know, that was kind of like the first episode when you see um you know, in the in the first few minutes where you see oh god, what's her name? Is is it Isabel May? Yes, Isabel okay, May. Yeah. When, you tell, when you see Isabel May's character and you you know right off the bat 
you know, again, spoiler alert, you know, in your heart and in your gut, especially if you've seen Yellowstone, you know, she's going to die. Right. You just know, you know, in the first 10 minutes of the show and like, and you also know, she's one of the main characters, but there's still something about the storytelling that you need to come back at week two. And then at week 10 to see exactly what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. The storytelling. You know, so so when you get on location for this and, you know, like I said, there was only 10 episodes. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you know going in what's going to happen? Do you know going in, you know, ultimately what the fate of your character is, what the fate of the other characters are? Or is it here's this episode and when we're done filming this one, that's when you get the next script. Uh, we do know. We knew all coming into it uh, what was oh, okay. what was going to happen. We got you know all ten scripts, um, and so yeah, there were no surprises. But um, seeing it come to life, of course, and you know watching it take shape, and w- the way he writes, the way Taylor Sheridan writes, it's so descriptive. So before you, when you're reading it, you're seeing the entire series or or movie play out in your head because it's all written on the page all you have to do is open your mouth say the lines because it's all there for you like it really is you know we get to develop our characters and bring the nuances which i did have so much fun with with ennis's nuances and you know i was like all right he's got to be this this kind of more energetic and bright light because this show is so dark and gritty i want him to pop a little bit and he's got to bring some humor and i want just people to love him um so those are all things we get to add but you know, so much is already there in the in the script and in the text that he just he you know he he places the baseball on the tee and all we have to do is barely swing to get it to fly over the you know home run. So it's really cool and a really unique experience. Um, but yes, to answer your question, we knew all of it going into it, uh, which almost almost made it that much more emotional because we knew what was coming. You know. Yeah. Now, now when you with. With that being said, and you just you really mentioned it, and you're like, it's almost like we're thinking the same things at the same time. Um, when when you know what your fate is going to be, right? And I, I'm trying not to spoil it for those that haven't seen it, but I mean, you could kind of put the pieces together, I think. It, it's it's 1800s on the trail with, right. <laughs> you know, everybody's going to get hurt at some point. Right, right, right. Not everybody's going to make it, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Knowing what your fate is going to be as a character, do you also try to put that nuance into your character where, you know, where maybe if you don't know, you you don't necessarily put certain things into that character? No, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think, you, um, that's an interesting question. Um because, you know, if you've got X amount of episodes before, say, your character doesn't come back for a bit or something, and you know yeah. you've got to make those episodes, you know, matter and count, and you've got to stand out. I mean, I guess there's a little of that, but, you know, not really. At the end of the day, you're like, I know who my character is, you know, and you just, you take it moment by moment and, mm-hmm. you know, let that natural progression happen and, you know, that that natural... um um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of arc, you know, your character's arc kind of 
happen naturally. Because uh, if you're just sitting back in it, and you, you know, you know who you are, you know how you feel, you know how you're approaching this thing um, as an actor, it, it's, it's all going to kind of play out. You kind you kind of not. It's better to not think about, um, you know, storyline that's coming up ahead um, because that could very easily influence things. And, and maybe then it's not going to be as realistic for yourself as as you would have liked it to be. Um, so I guess, you know, as I'm thinking it through, the answer would be no, you don't let it influence you. And you kind of just you focus on what you've prepped and, you know, just take it scene by scene and it kind of uh, develops from there. There's one thing I have learned through all of these episodes we have done, especially with our guests in the South, Nashville, Texas, anywhere in those parts. Here in New England, we are missing Southern fare and hospitality like you can't even imagine. But right now, fear not, we have the Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint up in Medford, Massachusetts, just a little north of Boston. Um, if you're in the area or coming to visit the city, go check them out. They're at 175 Rivers Edge Drive. That's in Medford, Massachusetts. Again, check out their website, theporchsouthern.com. They have live music. They have the best food in New England. I'm going to just say it right now. The best food in New England for that Southern hospitality, that Southern fare. You won't want to miss it. Our friend Jonathan Post is the chef and owner of The Porch. Great dude. Glad to be working with them. Check them out again, theporchsouthern.com. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah, that totally answered my question. Like, it was, my thought process was, you know, is there a scene between, like, you and Isabel where you're like, I have to, I don't want to say overact, but I need to express my love or affatuation with her more because i know there isn't as much time as there you know maybe would have been in a different situation i got you yeah no no but i do go through and i'm like okay this is the moment this is the moment where ennis falls head over heels in love for this girl this is the moment where you know he realizes nothing in the nothing else in the world matters but her this you know so i go through the text yeah. and, and find those moments because we see that progression happen and you know they're they're there needs to be um, a mental understanding and for character development of when that happens, why it happens. And uh, so that's all flushed out. Um, but I don't put extra pressure on anything because of a certain outcome. Right. All right. No, that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Now with you being in the industry, as long as you have, right. And getting an opportunity like this and then seeing the other people that have been cast, you know, like Sam Elliott and Tim McGraw and Faith and, you know, all these people. Is it, do you get on set and go, holy shit, that's Sam Elliott. Or <laughs> holy shit, that's Tim McGraw. <laughs> or oh. holy shit, that's Faith Hill. Like, or is it just, these are my coworkers. You not only have that, but it lasts the entire time. Like it doesn't <laughs> ever go away. It, like the, <laughs> the giddiness you feel every morning you walk in and they're just standing there waiting for you. It's just like you can't to this day. I'm, I'm still waiting to wake up from this dream. I mean, yeah. truly. And I wouldn't feel this way if they weren't also amazing people. Like sure. that, half of the time, you know, you. You idolize these people. You're like, man, I've watched every one of Sand's movies. I can't believe I have the chance to work with them. And you know the saying, don't meet your heroes because yeah. sometimes they're going to let you down. So you you just you, you want them to be everything that you hope they are. And you get to set and sometimes they're not. But in our case, Sam, Tim, Faith, 
Billy Bob Thornton, Tom Hanks. I mean, all of these legends were the kindest, most giving, loving human beings on the planet. And they're now all, of course, like family to me. But it it, it just solidified it for me. And I was just so thankful. I was like, thank you. This is going to be so fun because they're also just such great people. Now, were you, you know, I was going to, I've, it's perfect again perfect segue it's like we're on the same <laughs> wavelength here now when those scenes with you know the the guest stars like billy bob thornton tom hanks you know rita wilson um you know all these people that were on the show if you didn't necessarily have a seat right mm-hmm. were you still present you know when tom hanks does his you know general need scene with you know tim mcgraw or is that just something totally separate I <laughs> I made sure that no matter what, I was going to be on set for those moments. <laughs> because unfortunately, I didn't have scenes with uh, Billy Bob or Tom, but I knew what days they were going to be working. I came to set and got to hang out and just watch these, you know, th- th- this masterclass unfold. Um, interesting story about Tom Hanks, though, kind of getting involved with us. Not many people knew this before, but Tom Hanks and Tim McGraw have been best friends for like 25 years. When, really? When when uh, Tim is in L.A., he stays at Tom Hanks's house. When vice versa, when Tom Hanks is in uh, Tennessee, so it's it's a really cool relationship that not many people knew about. And so when uh, Tim McGraw read the scripts and everything, and he saw this you know little cameo role that someone could play, he he called Tom Hanks up and he's like, "Hey, Tom, it's been a lot of years of friendship." never asked you for anything in terms of, you know, being involved with something I'm doing. I'm on this really cool project by Taylor Sheridan. Would you be interested to, you know, just come and play with us a little bit? And Tom Hanks didn't even bat an eye. He's like, I'm there. Let me give you my dates that I'm available and we'll make it work. And that's exactly how it went down. And Tom Hanks doesn't even have any lines. Like he just came and, you know, did that one scene. They did add him a couple lines just because when he got there, he was improvising and it was perfect. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, it was just a friend helping out a friend, and it just happens to be two of the most <laughs> iconic entertainers uh, of all time. So, right, right. Now, you know, I, I talk a lot of, to a lot of artists, or not, not that you're not an artist, but like musicians, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you you come in contact with people on the road or whatever, um, and you know, sometimes you spend a lot of time with these people. Sometimes you spend zero time with these people, right? Mm-hmm. Now, like you know, on set at the end of the day, like, was it, was there times where, you know, everybody got together and hung out and you could say now, like, oh, I could just talk, call Tim McGraw right now and say, hey, Tim, what's going on? Or was it, you know, again, and that doesn't reflect on Tim or Faith or Sam or anybody, just yeah. what was the interaction like when you're not on set? Again, this was an extremely rare and unique experience in that we all were together the entire time. We we stayed together. That we were basically in this bubble. So after set, we'd hang out together. Taylor Sheridan would host um, parties and dinners and uh, events for us at his ranch. We'd have karaoke nights together. We, you know, we were always together from beginning until end. We were in this bubble. Um, A because it was COVID time, so we couldn't go out and do anything anyway because uh, we. We, we couldn't risk bringing that back onto set, but B Taylor Sheridan wants this a family union. He wants 
this to feel authentic. And so what better way for us to always be building chemistry and trust. And, you know, just like you need when you're on the trail, you're working together every single second. Um, if everybody doesn't have your back, something's going to go wrong. And so that's the mentality we had offset. And so it was, it became a very, very tight, tight knit group of actors and friends and then family very fast. And uh, it was like that the entire time. And we're still like that. We're, we're we hang out all the time. All of us, we're at country music festivals. We all just went to stagecoach together and we show up at rodeos together. And Tim, Tim will hit us up and be like, Hey, I'm coming through your city for a concert. Come on out. We all go see Tim perform. And it's just, it's awesome. And again, I can't stress, you don't get that often in this industry. So it's yeah. really cool. And it's a testament to Taylor and how he runs his ship. Yeah. You know, it, that's, that's awesome. It's, it sounds like it's exactly like, you know, this country music industry world that, you know, I've jumped myself into that, you know, it is like that where with artists and, and different things, you know, it's, it's, it's really great to see that, that that's kind of bled over mm -hmm. now. Now that you're in this Yellowstone universe, right? Let's for for easy um, talking points. Now, do you have do you have knowledge? You don't have to say much or get into it, but do you have knowledge of the other things that are happening within the Yellowstone universe, like whatever's happening in 1923, or you know, with four sixes that keeps being rumored to be coming out, hopefully by the end of the year, or what's going to happen in the second half of the current season of Yellowstone? Do you do you know any of that, or is it not you? Um. I do know. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm All right, stop. I, gotta stop you. I didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do know some stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, we we are very close with our network. We're very close with, um, you know, 101, who's our studio behind it all. Uh, so, like I said, it's a tight knit group and we're always all together. And so, yeah, they. You know, when when we hear something in the media, I'll just go and ask them, you know, firsthand, hey, <laughs> Taylor or David or whoever, you know, is this is this happening and what's the story here? And they just tell you. So, you know, it. So, uh, <clears throat> I know you're not going to answer this, but I got to get it out there because maybe it'll help people come to the show. Um, <laughs> is, is Kevin coming back? What? You know, I there's honestly, like you said, there. I, that it'll all play out and you everyone will, will everyone will know what's happening soon damn it eric come on man <laughs> you don't want me to get in trouble now come on no god no i would never not in a million years now all right now can you can you confirm or whatever is is there a spinoff coming for four sixes with jimmy and all that um i i can't confirm but i i will say if 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 something has been announced or they've they've worded that something is going to happen odds are it will okay. um, if they if they haven't you know then might not be happening um so they 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 won't they won't release anything um publicly and it not happen so right. fair um, how it will happen and and the way it will happen you know might be unknown but um I guess I can leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Again, again, do not get yourself in trouble. It's totally fine. But it, it, I'd be remiss if I didn't try to. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Probe it out of you. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, because I, you know, now I'm not going to lie to you. You're the, you're like the third run in I've had with the Yellowstone universe 
throughout this podcast. Um, oh, cool. The first one was actually with Jefferson White. Um, he wasn't on the show, but he had liked a couple of our posts that we had posted about things on Instagram. Um, and I, I was quick to see that and, you know, write him a message and I never got a response. So if you have that contact, you know, pass it along. Um, <laughs> and then we actually interviewed, I'm, I'm sure you've seen him before, know of him, but we interviewed Shane Smith from Shane Smith and the Saints. Oh, cool. Um, the same weekend that this current premiered and they were, had a, had a big thing in the first episode. So this, it's, it's pretty cool to, you know, I consider myself also part of the Yellowstone universe. Nice. But, um, nice. Um, but yeah, it, it's been cool, you know, because this was a show for me that I got into it late. I'm not going to lie to you. And I binge watched the first, like probably three or four seasons, you know, within weeks of, of each other, because it's, you know, it's one of those shows. Once you start it, you can't, you can't stop. And that's the thing. Yep, exactly. Now, did you, did you watch, all of Yellowstone going into 1883 or had you not seen anything about it? I had, you know, my family watched it before I did. They were uh, the ones constantly telling me, my wife, my mom, my in-laws, everybody, everybody had watched it. And they were like, Eric, you have to watch this show. And my schedule, it was just crazy. I hadn't got the opportunity. And then COVID hit and the pandemic, everything shut down. My industry shut down for an entire year. Um, that was my first pandemic binge show from beginning till end Yellowstone. Um, so that was really cool to get to experience that. And before I even knew I was remotely involved with 1883 or had the opportunity to be involved, um, I had watched it during COVID. And then, uh, you know, about however many months later, get the audition for 1883. It's like, oh, dear God, I cannot believe this is happening. This has become my favorite show. Um my family probably would have disowned me had I not gotten on the show because they were such fans of Yellowstone. So I had no choice but to get this job. Um, but yeah, no, it all just kind of somehow fell together. And I can say comfortably that this is the first show, and I've been doing this 17 years. This is the first show I've been on that everybody in my family likes. You know, sometimes Wait I'm working on everybody in your family liked iCarly. <laughs> exactly exactly wow, right that's weird man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was really cool to my younger cousins for with that one and working on a soap opera for years i was really cool with like all the you know the my the, the moms in the midwest my aunts and stuff there and you know but this is the first show believe it or not that every single person loves and so yeah. that was really special and unique and cool for me i was like sorry it took so long but finally i got one you can all enjoy that's awesome. You know, I, I was even kind of like looking at your, your, um, your, the list of things you've, you've done. And, uh, I was, I watched the following from like episode one to the very last one. And I had no idea you were in one of those episodes. No. So now I get to go back and find it. Yeah. You might not recognize me. I, uh, I'm a, a meth addict. I get busted for having this, uh, kind of, you know, I get drug busted and, I get arrested and yeah, not a good, not a good kid on that show. Um, but. Dallas Jackson here with tips and music artists. Are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? How are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple pay, Google pay, and even credit cards all through your unique tipsy QR code. 
Best part is no apps to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at tipsymusic on all socials. Long live live music. But it was it was really fun. Very, very different from Ennis. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Now, um, again, I can't thank you enough for your time. And I've got a, just a few more things that I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, you know, outside of 1883. And again, I appreciate all of the insight on that. Um, that was super cool to hear and learn about. So I thank you very, very much for that. Um, but now I want to talk about Bucking Bull. Okay. And you mentioned boots. So I'm, I, I don't know much about your boot hobby, but I want to know more about it. I, and I only know about the bucking bull stuff because I've been in the whiskey bourbon thing now for a couple of years and it's, you know, it's popped up. So yeah. um, how does the whole bucking bull thing happen for you? What, it, what, it, what happens there? Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so those of you who don't know, bucking bull bourbon is um, a bourbon that um, I am a, a partner in and um, face of the face of the company and the brand. And uh, we're distilled and bottled and everything right here in Texas. So it is a true Texas company, Texas bourbon. Um, and it's been we, we launched publicly a month ago, a month or two ago, not long. So we're, we're new. And right now we're just in the state of Texas, but we're we're going national very, very soon, which is exciting. Um, but kind of how it all started for me was I was competing in the celebrity cutting competition here in Fort Worth, which is held once a year. And it's all benefiting Carity, the Carity Cancer Organization. Um, and we, we sell out Will Rogers Coliseum here, which holds you know 5,000 people and uh, it's a big deal and I competed in it and I somehow actually won it as well which was wild and unexpected and I wear my buckle very proudly around town um, uh, yeah <laughs> who knew but uh Bucking Bull Bourbon was one of the sponsors of the event and the owners Phil and Sarah who are angels uh, were there and I got to talk to them and meet them and hear about the brand and the company and you know they were they were still um, not launched yet and uh, we're, we're just kind of fit, getting all that together to become you know public and available to the masses and uh, they needed help and they needed somebody to you know that could come in and really blow this thing up and you know get it on the market and you know kind of not only be the face of the company but but kind of you know take it on as as their own and, and help grow this and they really wanted it to grow organically in the state of texas dallas fort worth specifically and branching out from there and so that's my market that's where i live this is my world it was just the perfect fit fell in love with phil and sarah all of this bourbon a small batch it's been aging four or five years before any consumer gets to try it so it's it's been you know delicately crafted uh in in, in barrels for years and uh it's amazing it's delicious that was my first stipulation i had to like it and my wife had to like it and she doesn't drink <laughs> bourbon so i was like if i'm gonna invest all this time and energy and you know the whole thing into something that my, my family's got to support this and my family's got to got to like it and right. my wife will be the test of that and she doesn't drink bourbon. So it's going to be a tough test. Right. Uh, she loved it. And awesome. so I knew, I knew I had to get in and it's, it's a hundred proof. So it's, it's stronger than most bourbons, but it doesn't yeah. 
taste, you know, you, you, you try some of this higher proof alcohol and it really has that, that, that taste, you know, it just hits you almost a little too difficultly or a little too yeah. hard. Um, this doesn't somehow the blend that they've came up with it, you know, it's not that sweet. Unlike, you know, some of these other Texas bourbons to me are just too sweet. Um, this has a really, really good flavorful, uh, you know, kind of full ride behind it. And, uh, you know, everybody's loved it and we've gotten, you know, we're, we're about to launch at um, Joe T. Garcia's, which is a huge, uh, you know, Mexican place here that sits 3,000 people. Um, yeah, they've on a, on a given Saturday. I'm sorry. On a given Saturday, they have 5,000 people come through there. Um, wow. and they've, they've served only tequila since like 1935. And we're going to be the first bourbon that they're they're bringing in. And we're at Billy Bob's, the world's largest honky tonk in Fort Worth. And, um, you know, kind of all over in, in, in stores and restaurants all over town. And, you know, we're, we've branched to Houston and Austin. And uh, pretty soon on our website, you'll be able to order it and ship it anywhere in the country. Uh, so we're really excited about that. So it's it's been a fun journey, man. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm all in. And uh, it's just it's been it's been a blast. And I'll tell you what, the, the Western culture has embraced us with with full arms and, um, you know, so, so grateful. Yeah. You know, I, I, again, I don't want to, you know, no pressure on you or anything, but we're doing this um, like this Whiskey Wednesday kind of once a month. We're putting on an episode with a with a distillery or a distiller or a brand of, of bourbon. I would love to have them on and talk about Bucking Bull for sure. Oh, I know they would love that. They're the nice cool. Yeah, it's a hu husband and wife. It's a family-owned and operated business, and you know, like I said, everything is 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 done right here in Texas. So it's you know it's special, and um, I know they would they would love to come talk to you. Yeah, I would love to hear their story because it sounds fascinating, and you know, hopefully we'll be able to get it up here sooner rather than later because I would love to try this because I'm like I'm looking on the website while I'm talking to you, and it looks awesome. The label is badass. Like everything about it is just cool yeah thank you that was that was you know we got this amazing artist out of dallas who, who did our logo and uh it, it's just so beautiful but um that was kind of the idea behind it you know we wanted something that popped and our whole thing is you know we're we're, we're, we're making uh bourbon fun again you know we're, yeah. we're, we're bringing it down to the to the younger generation um getting the new bourbon drinkers excited about something special and you know all these old bourbons have been sitting on the shelves for you know decades and decades it's the stuff our grandparents were drinking and you know we, we kind of wanted to be kind of on the you know forefront of what what the new bourbon drinkers are going to drink and you know getting getting maybe non-bourbon drinkers excited about bourbon again and so from the logo to our concept to you know how we're branding this thing is really kind of geared towards that that's awesome that's awesome i'm i'm very excited for you with this this is cool this is really really cool thank you thank you so much now, what about boots? You had mentioned boots early, early on. Oh, I just meant that, like, you know, I'm riding horses all the time. And I've oh, got, okay. I now officially own more cowboy boots than I do anything else. Sneakers, flip flop, you know, I, they <sighs> outnumber everything else in my closet. Now I'm, I'm actually throwing things away just to make more room for my boots. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's all I meant was, you know, just playing a cowboy on TV and, you know, getting a, Doing a, gotcha. lot of, doing a lot of cutting these days and, and riding and such. It's, you know, it's definitely been my um, my go-to footwear. I can tell you that. Now, do you have a boot of choice? Like, is there a brand that you prefer over others or? Um, it's, it's an interesting uh, question because I've had a couple different brands be so generous to me and, and really make me feel comfortable and, and, 
and kind of go above and beyond. Uh, Luke Casey's has definitely um, been the top. They've um, they've they've treated me incredibly well, and um, whenever I'm looking for a new pair, they they send one over and kind of let me pick out whatever. And it's just been it's a great great partnership, and honestly, some of the most comfortable boots you can put on your feet. Um, and Justin Boots as well. They're right here in Fort Worth, and uh, they've they've been incredibly um, you know wonderful to me and another great relationship so there's there's a couple companies that i just i kind of stick with those two and um it's been it's been great that's awesome yeah we uh you know we've been fortunate enough to you know start building a relationship with a with a uh texas boot company called dixon boots okay they're they're great too they're super comfortable they're, they're you know they're they're luke casey ask brand you know what i mean like they're that kind of stability that kind of comfort you know they're fantastic love it i'm definitely gonna have to check them out yeah yeah absolutely well eric thank you so much i appreciate your time i know you're super busy and i i honestly can't thank you enough for taking taking an hour and shooting the breeze with me and and telling me about you and everything you're doing it's been a lot of fun Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Was was happy to be here. And um, you uh, you got me to open up more than I've done in a lot of interviews previously. So <laughs> well, that's 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 how I do it. You know, I, I want you to feel comfortable enough that you're not, you know, thinking like you're talking to just because that's nobody likes to do that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, so thank, thank you, you so much. I wish you the best of luck with everything you're doing. And honestly, if there's anything in the bourbon side of things or you know you've got something coming out that you want us to push or whatever like by all means like shoot me a, shoot me an email and we'll we'll get it done for you for sure appreciate that appreciate that a lot thank Anytime. you so much what Anytime. uh when do you see this this one coming out um honestly i'm hoping sooner rather than later i think i'm gonna move some things things around to uh to bump this episode up i try to you know when i get you know quote unquote bigger names on the show um, I try to get those out as soon as I can. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, shoot me an email once it is and I'll help, help, uh, you know, blast it out there. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that so much, Eric. And, um, I, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, brother. You too, man. You take Thanks, care. Bud. Bye. Bye. Of course, we can't forget our friends at the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company out of Canada. That's drsupplyco.com. They have great stuff. All of the hats I pretty much wear, all the camo hats you see me wear either on TikTok or in pictures or whatnot, all come from the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company. A big thank you to those guys out there. drsupplyco.com. Check them out. Canadian company. Great stuff. Check them out. Well, there you have it, everyone. Thank you so much again, Eric, for your time. We had a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. We, You know, I'm a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie to you. A little disappointed because I thought there for a minute, and I don't know about you guys, but I thought for a minute we were going to get some Yellowstone drama news, breaking news. But, you know, true to his professionalism, Eric didn't budge. So I am just going to assume that Yellowstone will be back soon. Um, from things I've read, as they, I'm being told November. Um, that's not from Eric. That's from just things I've read. Um, 1883 is now 
on Paramount Network. It was and is, I still believe, on Paramount+. Plus. So if you have those and you haven't seen it yet, dude, go see it. It's awesome. I'm not going to lie to you. It it starts a little slow, I think. It's the, I, it started, you know, a little like, all right, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? And then the middle kind of got a little slow too. But you know what? After watching it now twice, I've gone back and rewatched it. Um, it all makes sense. It it's it's done that way on purpose. It is perfect. It is probably one of the most perfect television series, shows, seasons, what have you, in the last shit twenty years. It's absolutely incredible. Um, to me, there hasn't been anything on television as good as the Yellowstone universe since the West Wing, um, and unbelievable. Unbelievable. So my, I tip my hat to Paramount, to Taylor Sheridan, to Eric Nelson, to everybody in the Yellowstone universe. You guys are doing a great job. So thank you so much for everything. Um, and then Bucking Bull Bourbon. Wow. You know, go check these guys out if you're in Texas or if you can get it wherever you are. This This stuff looks awesome. You know, and I'm not just saying that at all because I'm pretty picky. When it comes to my bourbon whiskey rye of choice. And I'm not much of a bourbon guy. But this this looks good. I have high hopes for things that are coming out of Texas right now. And this this I have high hopes for. We've been also talking to <clears throat> excuse me, the people at Bucking Bull to have them on the show. Um, so we're going to work on that a little harder too. Because I I would love to have them on and, and chat about their, their bourbon. Um, and what, what, what it's doing. You know, I think they'd be a great asset to our whiskey Wednesday conversations we've been doing. Um, and all that. Speaking of which, I'm not sure we're going to have a whiskey Wednesday this month in July. I think that's going to come back in August. This, this month though, we do have, we have a boot episode, which is going to come out Thursday. Um, we don't typically do this, right? We don't typically put out two episodes a week, but we have the last few weeks, and it's actually been working out really well. So we're going to put out our conversation with Thomas Gleason III, the CEO of Dixon Boots. Um, the the Honestly, not to spoil much, but the boots are fantastic. We'll talk more about that on Thursday, so tune in for that. Um, and like I said, I promised a Thomas Rec. Um, review. So here we go. Um, whether you like country music, whether you like pop country music, whether you like authentic, real country music, original country music, you don't want to sleep on Thomas Rhett. I have, I have the pleasure of knowing some people in Thomas's camp that are very close to him. And I have to, I, I'll tell you exactly what I texted them. I have seen Willie Nelson. I have seen Luke Combs. I have seen Garth Brooks. I've seen Winona Judd. I've seen so many people. I have not been entertained like I was this past Saturday night with Thomas Rhett ever in my entire life. Absolutely fantastic. Wonderful team. It was a pleasure to meet TR um, before the show. You know, we gave him a t-shirt. Hopefully he wears it 
soon gets us some eyeballs. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was super sweet of him to take the take a few minutes to say hi to us, and uh, you know take a couple of pictures and that sort of thing. Um, Cole Swindell was really great. Um, regardless of how you feel about Cole Swindell right now, um, his show was absolutely fantastic. We got to see him not too long ago, a few years ago, before COVID, um, on his first like headlining arena tour, small arena tour. And it was incredible. He was great then, and but he was even better this time. I'm not going to lie to you. He was much better this time, obviously, right? Time has gone by, you know, things have gotten better for him. Um, but yeah, absolutely incredible. And then if you are asleep at the wheel and not paying attention to country music, which is, if you're listening to this, you might not be because Eric is not a country music artist. Um, Nate Smith is coming up the ranks. And I got to say, that dude is not going to be the first of three artists on a bill for much longer. He, this kid, this kid, he's my age. Um, this guy has what it takes. He is the next, I would say the next big thing for country music. I really do. I really, really do. He's got the grit. He's got the tenacity. He's got the sound. He's got the songs. Nate Smith is, is where it's at folks. Check him out. He was super entertaining. Um, you know, the crowd loved him, you know, Boston just loves country music and, you know, it's kind of weird to say that, but they do. Um, so big thank you to everybody that was a part of this. Again, if you can see Thomas Rhett on this home team tour or tours in the future, go see him. You won't be disappointed. Um, so yeah, that's really, that's really what we have for tonight or today or whenever the hell you're listening to this. So thank you again so much for tuning in again, Eric, your team, the Yellowstone family, um, the uh, thank you so much, all of you. Um, don't forget to go like, subscribe, follow everything on social media: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You know, you know the whole nine yards. Threads, 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 threads. Don't don't go to Twitter. I'm all done with Twitter. Go to Threads, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll see you there. So thanks so much, um, and remember, guys. Everything here at the Boots and Whiskey podcast, it's all about real people, real stories, real country, and whatever that kind of country means to you. Um, So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And until next week, guys, keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers, y'all. Good night.